0: know that when people encounter Jesus, their lives are never the same. I'm checking. Anybody in here, that's your testimony that when you encounter Jesus, you knew him as a way maker, a miracle worker, and now you're saying, you know what? My life celebrates who he is. Would you help me thank God again for our choir? Thank you, media team, our ushers, and all of you who make up the body of Christ. It is good to be here. It's good to be here because when you get here, you hear a name unlike any other name. You hear the name of Jesus. And when you get to encounter Jesus, Anthony, you know then that Jesus makes all the difference. And I've been praying for you on this Sunday. I've been praying for you because there's a word that God would have for each of us that will cause us to examine where we are as the people of God and the extent that we will go to have an encounter with God. Amen. That, that, that's that been my prayer for you all this weekend as we engage the text and the Holy Spirit was challenging with this word from John chapter 8. A familiar passage of scripture to some who've been around church or Bible for some time. Those of you who are on the stream, I want to invite you to grab your copy of, your copy of God's word and fo- follow me as together we engage the text. As together we engage the text from John Chapter 8. If you've been with us in this series, you know that together we've been examining the lives of those who've had an encounter with God. And I believe it's important for us to continue to have these examinations because what we can learn from such examinations is how we ourselves can have an encounter with God. In fact, part of the challenge that we're giving to this church family is for you to continue praying for that person you know who needs an encounter with God, who should be here with you in worship of God, who isn't here yet, that you'd continue to pray for them that they too might have an encounter. I hope you've made your way to to John chapter 8. for there you find these words I'm reading out of ESV translation of God's holy word. They went to his each went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Verse 2, early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So, what do you say? This, they said, to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Mm, I think it's important for us to repeat that together. Let him, no, no, I want all of us here. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone. Now you got it. Now say it again. Let him who is among you. No, no, go ahead and point. You're just go and say, who is among you. Let, let, let him who's among you, who is without sin, be the first to cast a stone. Anybody signing up yet? And once more, Jesus bent down, and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, being with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up, and he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. Brothers and sisters, friends, guests alike, those online and in person, I am challenging, I want to challenge you to understand that when you gather around Jesus, Some unexpected things may happen. When you gather in a sacred space of worship, some unexpected occurrences and events may happen. If you follow Jesus close enough, you will find that you might just stumble upon deliverance. If you follow Jesus close enough, your life will be transformed. If you follow Jesus close enough, you might be a witness to a miracle. If you follow Jesus close enough, some unexpected things are bound to happen. That's really what's happening in the scene and sights of this text, Scott, as together we look at, for some, what is a familiar story. But I pray that God would challenge us to learn and glean from this story so that we ourselves can have an even greater experience with God. Let me just ask for a moment, anybody in here want to go further with God? I mean real, real, for real, for real, for show, sure, for show. Sure. No, no, no pretense aside. Anybody in here wants to go further in your relationship with God? Well, uh, the Word of God challenges us as we look together because there's not just, Dr. Al, one encounter with Jesus. No, not, not in this text. I, I submit to you there are three encounters with Jesus. Right here in the eighth chapter. Now, when we start our journey in this text, it's important for me to help you understand some things that you might see in terms of punctuation around this passage of Scripture. Dr. Waleen, you you know this full well. When you look at this particular pericope, uh, some of us may have it in our Bibles. My Bible has it bracketed off. It has a, a, a superscript that says, the earliest manuscripts do not include this story from John chapter 7, verse 53, to eight chapter 8, verse 11. Now, I want to help you understand something, that there are scholars who contend that this was a later entry into John's gospel, that some even say that John may have not wrote this particular um, entry. But one thing we know with certainty is that the truth is still the truth. And this passage, this story, these encounters speak to the character of Christ. Are you with me in this place? And so here, look with me now as we open up the eighth chapter again, because when you look, Doug, at the beginning portion of the eighth chapter, you see individuals or groups that rise up for our consideration in this text. And I want to challenge you, get this, to see where you fit in every single encounter with Jesus. I I want to challenge you not to look at anyone else, not to think about anyone else, but that you be real with yourself, that when you look at these encounters, you see it as a mirror, not a window to pick and choose who you think you align with, but rather you see it as a mirror and let the Holy Spirit show you who you align with. Can I preach in here just for a moment? I got the microphone, so I'm going to do it anyway. So here it is. Uh, because there are three groups for us to look at. Craig, look, look there in the text. I want to submit to you that we have one group that we will call the committed. Uh, the committed, they, they are those you see at the beginning of the passage. How do you know they're committed? Because the text says that Jesus, our Savior, God's Son, Emmanuel, God with us, was making his way again to the temple. Jesus was going to the temple. And in the temple, this holy place, followers of God would gather around Jesus in the temple. Get this, and it's early in the morning. I know for some of you right now, I'm looking at your eyes. You say, yeah, I'm feeling that right about now. It's early in the morning. But they are so committed to being with Jesus that they gather in the holy place. Ah, they they gather in the temple. Uh, They gather in this, this sanctified setting at a time in which we know by chapter 7 is concluding the festival of boots or the, the festival of tabernacle that they gathered. This is a replica, a model of, of, uh, of what the temple would have looked like in Jesus' day. I took a picture of this as I was blessed to journey to Jerusalem. And, and in this sacred space, the saints of God gathered. Uh, Jesus is there in this temple and he is teaching them they are committed because they are following Christ we know they're committed because they're hearing the teachings of Christ we know they're committed because they are seeking who Jesus Christ. I really want you to see this. So here they are. Uh, I don't know if it was a Sunday. It could have been a Monday because two committed people who are truly following Christ don't have to wait till Sunday to exercise their commitment. I'm in this place right now. Because uh, when you are committed to growing in Christ and having a fresh encounter with him, you will start your day with Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you, you didn't even write that down. Let me go ahead and say it again. Uh, you, you, you'll begin the journey with Jesus. Not only you'll begin but you, will, you you'll, you'll listen with sensitive ears to the teaching Seth of Jesus. You will be like the, the, the one in the man in, in Psalms one that, that every day he meditates on His word day and night. Are you that committed? Are you committed? Do do you need a fresh encounter with Jesus? Then commit to being with him. How, pastor, can I be with him? Well, you worship him like you're doing in this place. You praise him like you're doing in this place. You pray to him like you're doing in this place. You worship him. You follow his lordship. And some unexpected things are bound to happen. Come here, let me help you for a moment. Because when you walk with God, then God will satisfy your every need. I'm in the text. Because they would have heard Jesus teaching from chapter 7 of this same um, gospel account. In verse 37, they heard him teach, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes, as the scripture has said, Jesus says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this was said about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. They heard Jesus teach that if the closer you get to him, the the more you'll feel his presence. And get this, his presence will flow not only in you, but through you. And you too will hear and be a part of his message of mercy. I'm right there in the text. They may have heard him teach. You remember in Matthew chapter 5? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. Here it is, because they shall see God. This is why we keep worshiping. This is why we keep coming. This is why we keep gathering, because we have a desire to encounter God. And don't get stuck in the, in, in the lineage of your history to only have one encounter with God. Each and every day you ought to have an encounter with God. I read in the text in Leviticus that said each and every day God blesses us with brand new mercies. His mercies are new every morning. Anybody in here want to say great is thy Mm, I'm starting to feel him right now, that every day he's there extending new mercies to us. And when we follow him, we get to encounter him. Oh, the text starts, Will, by saying that all the people gathered. Uh, This speaks to the committed, but this wasn't all the people. Because all the people who got to the temple, particularly those who got to the temple late, I can't look at nobody. You might be thinking I'm talking about you. Uh. We're not gathered as a part of the committed. Hmm. There's another group we see arrive, and they cause an intentional interruption in this sacred time. I mean, look at check this beautiful scene. I don't want you to see it. This beautiful scene. You have God the Son uh, in God's house teaching God's word to people who love God and get this? There's some ungodly people who are coming to make a disruption. Don't look at nobody right now. Just, just, just come on, come on here. Uh, all eyes on me. You know where that came from. Here it is. Uh, um, there's some some ungodly people who who are making one a distraction, an interruption. A, a sinister theme uh, is at play here. We see it now. You you see it because there's the scribes and the Pharisees. And, and I imagine they're coming, but they're not coming to be committed. They're coming because they have an agenda at play. They're the ones who are coming. Let's call them the uh, condemners. They're, they're the ones who are coming because for some reason they have it out against Jesus. They're not for Jesus. They're against Jesus. These scribes and Pharisees, they have an agenda at work because they want to catch Jesus off guard. Really? if I had some time. I'd work right there. Uh, You're trying to catch the omniscient one, God in flesh, omnipresent, omnipotent, Jesus Christ, our Savior off guard? Really? They hadn't learned by now. No. Uh, Here they are. They came to Jesus with the wrong motives. They came to worship with the wrong motives. Now, I don't know what motives you came in here for, but I'm talking about the scribes and Pharisees. They came with the wrong motive. Austin. They came with a motive to set Jesus up. Boy, look at this here. You want to Set them up, not receive from him, but set them up and look at how they did it. Check out the text, really zoom in just for a moment. I read it to you, but I want you to see it with fresh eyes because uh, when you are a part of the committed, you know, the part of the committed uh, when they encounter Jesus, they are able to experience a relationship with God and a relationship with God's people. But when the condemners come and encounter Jesus. Their, in, their encounter with Jesus is one that is bringing forth judgment. Check the text out. Because they are not exercising mercy. They're unmerciful in their approach. There, there was a scheme at play. Uh, you, you see it there. They were, they were bringing before him, uh, if I get King James on, on you, it's only because I grew up that way, uh, a woman caught in the act Of adultery. Can you see them there? How unmerciful they are. Here are people who know the word of God, studied the Torah, they understood uh, how merciful God has been to them, but they refuse to extend mercy to somebody they see in sinfulness. And get this, they make her private sinfulness a public showcase. Uh, Have you ever been there? Have you ever been a part of the group? That looks at everybody else's sinfulness and don't look through lenses of love, which makes them self-righteous. Have you ever been a part of that group? Can you see them unmercifully dragging her out of the confines of the space that they found her in? Because the text says they caught her in the act while she was doing the deed. Now, when I say things like this, I scan the congregation to keep it PG-13. Uh, They they caught her in the act. She was doing the deed. She was sinning before God. She was there in sexual activity with someone who who was not her husband, and they caught her in the act. Oh, you're not with me just yet here. Uh, Scribes and Pharisees who are normally in the temple, but for some reason they're in the community, and they knew where to find her. people of of the temple and yet they they know where she's doing the deed and then they watch her as she do the deed. You thought you thought vorism and pornography just started now um, they, they they, they, they watch her do the deed, and then they barge in and they grab this uh, half-necked—can can you see her in the scene? They grab her and drag her, and they throw her in the temple. They bring her to a place that's supposed to be a place of hope with intentions to hurt her. They bring her to a place that's supposed to be the place of prayer, and they want to pray on her. Not because they're concerned about her. They don't care about her. They brought her to the temple to die. No, they were just trying to use her as a pawn and a plot to come against Jesus Christ. But still in all, can you see it? That instead of coming and interceding for her, they were condemning her. Instead of coming and, and, and exercising the same measure of mercy that God has used on them, they come with stones in their hands, looking at someone else and ready to cast a stone. Are you? Have you ever been? You ain't going, you ain't going to admit to it, are you? A part of that group, the group that, that looks at Someone else and cast judgment on them as though we are without sin. That's the condemners. They they drag her. Ah, and they didn't realize it. But what they really did in the efforts to embarrass her and in her. In their efforts to be both police, judge, jury, and executioner, they didn't realize what they had done. For Shannon, they embarrassed her, and she was in sin, and they dragged her, (laughs) but look at where they brought her. They brought her to Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Here, here it is. Here, they, they, they didn't realize it yet. They, they, they didn't see it. They, they didn't know it, but, but they were trying to entrap him, but they brought a sinner to a savior. They, 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 they didn't see it. They, they didn't understand it. They, they, they couldn't really figure it all out. Leonard, uh, they, they brought an accused to the Almighty. They, they brought a woman uh, to the one who is wonderful. And what he does in this encounter, you know it, he transforms her life. But before he does it, Alice, he deals with them. I love this text because here it is he's writing on the ground. Uh, Jesus didn't react. To them, almost seemingly ignoring them. He doesn't play their game. They are asking him, Hey, I, we're going to put you between two positions between uh, the, the, the law and, and love. We want to put you between two positions. We want to put you between conviction and compassion. Now, Jesus, you talked about loving. Now, Jesus, you talked about uh, the law. Well, tell me. Because Moses' law says that such a woman should be stoned. In this moment, they are quoting Leviticus. Well, they're trying to quote Leviticus 20 and 10. That says, if a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterers and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Uh Uh-oh. Because somebody is missing in this scene. I don't know if he got away, I don't know if he ran away, but but somebody is missing that only one person is being brought, and instead of those who are high, uh, too too, too high in their self-righteousness coming to the aid, they come to condemn, and they bring her to Jesus, and they say, well, the law says, but you know, that's what happens, right? When the enemy comes in your heart, we start to try to justify evil acts by Holy Scripture, You know how it happens when we get high on our debates and our social media streams and and other platforms of communication. We want to justify our ungodliness with Holy Scripture. Don't look at me like that. I came here to tell you the truth. Have you ever been a part of this crowd, the condemning one? I don't agree with you, so I condemn what you do. I don't do it like you, so I condemn what you do. I don't live like you, so I condemn what you do. And Jesus looks at them and he, he, he writes in the dirt. Ah, don't you love it he he uses it and we don't know what he's writing but we do know in the history of scripture Galen that, that when we saw God write he wrote the on, on that on those tablets on Mount Sinai the law of the Lord I wonder if Jesus while they were uh, chomping at the bit to throw their stones I wonder if Jesus was writing out the law thou shalt have no other God before me uh. Thou shalt honor that mother and that father. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. And I wonder, as he was writing, did he look up? <laughs> I wonder, Craig, that, 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 that maybe he was looking, now when I get to your sin, you might want to drop your stone. Because the text teaches us that all have I'm trying to talk to some people up in here, that all of us, every single one of us, from the stage to the floor, have been outside of the will of God. Don't look at me like you don't know I'm telling the truth up in here, because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And and he's writing, and then they keep pressing him, so he stands. Uh, He stands full well-knowing that Jews are not sanctioned to commit an execution in Roman authority. Only Romans can commit executions, but he stands and Jesus confronts them. They come to him and they say, oh, we want you to deal with her sin. Jesus says, well, but her sin is not the only sin that walked up in here. You, you want me to deal with that sin, but what about all the other sins that came up in here? So this is how Jesus does it. He says, so let you without sin. Go ahead and look at yourself. Stop looking at everybody else. Look at you. Are you in this group here where I'm always looking at everybody else's sin, but I'm not looking at my own, that I'm pointing at others, not realizing that three fingers are pointing back at me? When you see the word of God, it's not just for your neighbor. It's for you too. And when you see that you're in a group that you shouldn't be in, you ought to repent and come closer to an encounter with Jesus. Oh, I got to let you go, but we ain't done just yet. Here it is. Uh-uh. So he writes, and then you know the story. They, they began to release their stones. Uh, maybe there's some stones it's time for you to start releasing. Stones of unforgiveness you've been holding on, just waiting to throw it at the right time. Maybe it's time for you to release that stone. Stones of self-righteousness that you get ready to, to measure yourself up. Oh, I feel it right now. I feel it right now. To measure yourself up against somebody else. Mm -hmm. If I stood on the side of Jordan, I would look real big. Yeah, baby, I'm talking about you. Uh, I would look real tall right now. But if I stood on the side of Dr. Al, I'd look real short. So when I want to feel big, I want to hang around Jordan because Dr. Al makes me feel small. But come here, let me help you for a moment. When you see the word of God and measure it up against the holiness of God, you got to identify like Isaiah and say, you know what? I'm undone, and I dwell amongst the people who are undone. I'm wretched. I'm messed up from the floor up. And if it's not for the grace of God, I wouldn't be where I am today. And if I get too loud, it's only because I get excited because I know what God has done for me when I had my encounter with him. Are you a part of the condemned dimmers? Because there's one other group here. They, They leave the scene. They drop their stones. And the Bible says that this woman is in the best place she could be. It is right there says she was left alone with Jesus. Mm, come here, I'm trying to help you understand something here. Uh, that, that when you find yourself drowning in sin, surrounded in sinfulness, you need to get alone with Jesus. When it looks like the stones of your life are glued to your hand and you keep trying to let it go, but it keeps holding on to you, you need to get Alone with Jesus. Here it is. I believe that the condemners missed their opportunity to really have what God wanted them to have in their encounter because when Jesus pointed out their sin, they were convicted, but then they got redirected because they left. Because had they stayed, they would have experienced the same mercies. Oh, but here's this woman, and Jesus now stands and he says to her, Woman, where are your, I like King James, your accusers. Woman, where are your condemners? She says, who, who condemning you? She says, no one, Lord. Don't run past that. You ought to underline that in your Bibles here uh, because it don't take long for Jesus Christ to make a difference in your life. She says, no one, Lord. Uh, when she got there, she was a sinner. But when, by the time Jesus spoke into her life, she became a saint. She said, no one, See, we we be acting like it takes God a long time to transform lives. When the Bible says, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away, but all things become new. When you say, Lord, then Jesus says, You're one of mine. Check out what happens in the text. She gets close to Jesus, Jesus gets close to her, and he transforms her life because she moved from being condemned to being converted. I hope you see this here. She was guilty, and there's no tolerance for sin, but Jesus has he has a master's degree in mercy, and he has enough love in the hem of his garment to cover all sins that you may have. That's why the Bible says if you confess your sins. Oh, i standing here all over the building. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all. Somebody say all all, it doesn't matter what other folk may know about you, Jesus is able to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh, but you got to be willing to get to him. You Got to be willing to, to come to him. Because when the condemned she was condemned not by Jesus, but by sin. Because the wages of sin is death. I-, I hear you, babe. You know the text. But the gift of God is eternal life. Oh, and you can have that today. Because God's mercy is extended to us when we encounter Jesus. Do you want that kind of encounter? Do you need that kind of encounter? Well, Let me tell you, As Christ said, whom the Son has set free. Whom the Son has set free. God can set you free. God wants to set you free. Doesn't matter what you're struggling with, doesn't matter what you're going through, God can set you free. There's nothing too hard for God. And today you can commit... You can recommit and submit to the Lordship of Christ and experience him leading you into a new life. All you got to do is say yes. And right now, in the presence of God, in the power of his Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to leave where you are, come down these aisles, that we might pray that you have a fresh encounter with him. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God can get you out of it. It doesn't matter what you're faced with. God wants you to be free. I don't we don't have long, but I know the Holy Spirit is working in this place and I want to pray for you. Come on, families, come on, let's let's get it right with God. Let God help us to release the bondage and release the chains and really live in the liberty that he has for you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't let Satan stand in your way. Cross over and come right here and do some business with God. Come on, right now, right now, wherever you are, come, 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 come. Let's fill this place with prayer and truly experience the liberty that's in Jesus do not you come and let God break your chains? Let Jesus deliver you. I want to pray with you. The Bible says, "Whosoever will, let him come." You see, prayer partners, the line up front there, here to pray with you. The altar is available for you to do business with God. Don't leave this place without your encounter. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org slash connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.